Hello and welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizlet on the Twitters. And I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And I made, sh- made sure to say that we are IndieWire's Very Good Television Podcast, correct, just then? I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, we're definitely IndieWire's. They, they're ours and we are theirs. They can't get rid of us now, Ben. <laughs> they're stuck with us forever. That's a lie. They can get rid of, us, rid of us whenever they want, but they seem to like us so far, so we'll just keep a good thing going. Yeah, why would they? Come on. We're, we're great. We're the best. Uh, uh, and, well, we're certainly doing all right in terms of keeping up with everything that's going on this year. I don't think we've missed out on too many great television shows. Do you? Uh, I mean, it would be hard to tell if we did, Liz, because we didn't see them. And who else is going to decide if they're great or not? But, no, I think we've done a pretty good job. There's been, there's, It's been an epic year. It's, yes. It really has. Some great stuff across the board on a lot of different platforms, some not-so-great stuff across the board on a lot of different platforms, and we managed to avoid the stuff that was not so great. Uh, for the most part. For the most part. That being said, the 2015 is not over yet. This normally is the time of year when you would think, oh, no, all the television's done. I mean, no one releases a new show in December, as we all know so well. Obviously. I mean, that that's just a... That would be a horrible, stupid thing to do these days. There's that's that's ridiculous. There are so many shows being released in December, you guys. There's a lot. There's a lot of shows. You know. There's so many. I thought that they would really like the networks would take in mind the fact that we have best of list to write, that we have so much to do to cap off the year, that they just wouldn't release anything new, give us a little bit of a break. That's not happening. Nope. But that's they don't a. Have us. They don't love us the way that we love them, certainly. But that's okay, because, you know, what what is being a television critic but existing in a quasi-abusive relationship with your supplier? <laughs> that's a very, very healthy way to put it. Yeah, no, no, no problematic elements in that description whatsoever. Uh, that being said, I think... We, what we wanted to do is kind of focus on a few, a few of the stragglers of the year, so to speak, that we're going to hopefully catch up with before we start making our best of lists, but uh, they represent shows that could actually make those lists. I think all of these are actual decent contenders for something we that could be really genuinely great. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I mean, it's not quite the firestorm that happens in film when you just get a ton of stuff pushed out at the end of the year to qualify for the Oscars and to be in the minds of Oscar voters, you know, come award season. Um, but there's, I mean, there are some heavy hitters and there are some legitimate awards contenders uh, among this group. So Ben, what's the first thing on your list of things that we're looking forward to? Uh, well, the first thing that I'm going to talk about is one that's a little bit, uh, not off brand for us, but definitely a little, like it's not an original series. Uh, it's an HBO documentary that's actually premiering or by the time you guys are listening to this has world premiered at, uh, doc NYC this weekend called the ties that bind. And it's a Bruce Springsteen documentary um, about the making of The River, his album from uh, the early 80s that, uh, that has, you know, obviously has a ton of hits on it uh, from, from the title track, The Ties That Bind, to The River, to um, everything in between. Anyway, it's a very important album, and these HBO Bruce Springsteen documentaries, or whatever you want to call them, because there's a bunch of them, always kind of go one way or the other, and, and this one seems like it's going to slide kind of in between. Usually there's the concert docs, like live from Hyde Park, um, or there's kind of the, the archival footage, authentic documentary interview-style stuff, like The Promise. Um, and the guy behind this is actually somebody who's done a few of these. He's gone on both ends of the spectrum. Um, 
director Tom Zimney is uh, is handling this. His last thing was High Hopes, which was other Bruce Springsteen HBO documentary. Um, but he's also edited a bunch of different things, including about 12 episodes of The Wire. So this guy knows what he's doing. He understands a lot of prestige TV. Um, this one seems to be more of the archival footage. It's going to have some footage from like the, the concert in Arizona back in the early 80s. That's a very historic, well-known concert. Uh, it's going to have some making of stuff, some behind-the-scenes uh, footage, and obviously it's going to be talking with the man himself. So uh, I'm very excited to see this. I, I hope that it that it's kind of you know the more artsy worthy uh, informative version of the documentary rather than kind of just the hand holding through a newer concert doc. But either way, anything to do with Springsteen and the best of his work is usually worth uh, worth watching. Yeah, I I am not necessarily a Springsteen fan, but I am fascinated by the HBO's obsession with Springsteen or just Jersey and New York in general. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and they—I mean, legitimately—they have an obsession with Springsteen from all the shows that he, like, his music has appeared on, especially you know most recently, "Show Me a Hero," um, and obviously he caters to the demographic that like built the HBO, you know, brand, the the older, you know, richer, whiter demographic, um, you know, very much in tune with those kind of people, but. Uh, yeah, he's got a lot to say. He's a very you know interesting mind, very smart person. And you know, digging into those lyrics, and even just him talking about you know what they were, and being forced to reflect on that is important. But then actually seeing it and seeing the young version of him for the first time, going at it is is kind of exciting stuff. So yeah, it, it should be a good talk. Cool, uh, certainly for the Springsteen fan, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yes, absolutely for the Springsteen fans. The rest of you will report back later. But uh, Liz, what about you? What's the first thing on your list for the last of the year? Well, uh, I, I'm, I'm putting this, I'm going to lead, um, this is number one with a bullet. This is the first thing on my list because it represents something I need to properly dig into. Uh, a, Amazon's Transparent is coming back at the beginning of December. Uh, and I confess I've only, I have not finished watching the first season, largely because you took on, you, Ben, took on the review and coverage of it last year, and I was busy with other things. But I need to watch season one, because it is, at the very least, a major talking point of a show, and number two, it has Bradley Whitford in it, and that is an important <laughs> fact for me, because I am a Bradley Whitford. Like, what's the, like, what's the fangirl name for Bradley Whitford? Whitfordites? Uh, yeah, yeah, Whitfordites would probably work. Um, I, I, I'm Bra- terrible. Bradiacs? Bradiacs. Brad, I'm, Brad a, Brad, I'm a Bradiac. That's what I am. Anyways, yeah. so all these factors, uh, of course, the wonderful Jeffrey Tambor as the as as a Mora. Mora? Yeah, yeah. more. Yeah. So, anyways, point is, I know, I know, I'm going to at least enjoy watching season one. I can't wait for season two as a result as well, especially because it's going to kick me into watching season one. If that makes any sense. Uh, but in the, it's, it is, I think, when you were talking earlier about awards contenders that are still yet to come this year, this is definitely one of them. And I think a lot of people are very curious to see how Jill Soloway and her team, uh, el- you know, elevate their game. Yeah, I mean, it's got a lot of pressure coming in, especially because of the, you know, you know the previous award attention that it's got. Uh, Jeffrey Tambor's now a Golden Globe and Emmy winner for the show, put Amazon on the map. And season two has been delayed a little bit. I mean, this is this is... It's not, you know, not you know, inducive to any problems that have happened or anything like that, but it's definitely a little bit later than people expected to see it. So what are they going to do with that extra time and where are they going to take it uh, now that they're, they've got everybody's attention? Yeah. So, Ben, what's next on your list? 
Uh, next on my list is one that I'm sure, I mean, literally everyone has got to be excited about, right? I mean, A Very Murray Christmas, yeah. directed by Sofia Coppola, starring everyone that you like in this world, from Bill Murray, obviously, to George Clooney, Amy Poehler, Rashida Jones, Maya Rudolph. I, I, you could keep going. Like, it's, I mean, it's a holiday event on Netflix, premiering December 4th, and... I have no idea what to expect, but I do expect to thoroughly enjoy myself. It's certainly going to fill that the hole in my heart that was that's left behind by a, by the Grumpy Cat Christmas movie. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, yes. Let let's hope that a very Murray Christmas is not the 2015 equivalent of the Lifetime Grumpy Cat film. That was that was a quality entertainment moment for for me at least. But the point is, yeah, a, a very Murray very Murray Christmas. Is soup a super on brand for us, and B it does look really interesting. I mean, I mean, I think they're the the style that they're parroting, which is like the classic, uh, classic. What's the official term? Oh gosh, but it's kind of like you know, you know, the kind of the kind of old Christmas specials they used to do, where like you know, it's just like, hello, welcome to my home, and oh hey, look who's dropping in, my new my, <laughs> my old friend uh, Frank Sinatra. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's that's exactly what. I think that's exactly what they're going for, what they actually come up with or, you know, how far they take it or, you know, just the fact that it's going to be on Netflix, kind of the, these specials, these kind of shorter entries, how they're going to, you know, kind of fit into the Netflix mold. I mean, obviously this could just be so good that you want to revisit it every year, but rewatchability for Christmas specials, especially a star-studded one like this, and especially on a platform like Netflix where it's exclusive, I mean, that's a big deal. So I'm curious to kind of see how they go about making it timeless, I guess. So if, if you can go about doing that. Well, they definitely want to start pushing more into the realm of specials like this beyond like the standard specials they already do. Um, so yeah, I think this is a really, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to see it. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping it gets weird. I bet this has the potential to get really weird and esoteric and strange. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they, how they, far they push it. Well, it's um, got Roman Coppola, Sofia Coppola, the band Phoenix, and Bill Murray. And then you throw in people like Amy Poehler, and, and yeah, I, it'd be hard for me to imagine that this is going to be very just straight-laced, by-the-book entertainment, just kind of you know singing a song and, and, and sitting there and, and cameras swirling around them. Like I, I think there's going to be some stuff going on. But, but yeah, how weird will be... Uh, will be a test. Um, that actually reminds me, Ben, I haven't mentioned this to you before, but it's an important thing to know. Last year, Bojack Horseman, the the, Netflix, the wonderful Netflix animated series, surprised us with the Christmas special uh, episode that it's it's uh, basically a full episode of the show Horsin' Around. Yeah, uh, if you're that's a fan, great too. If, if you're a Bojack fan, you understand the significance of that. Uh, I happened to be at a panel discussion uh, at uh, St- Stan Lee's Comic Kazi a couple weeks ago, and at said panel, uh, which was devoted to Bojack, featured uh, the creator and a couple of the producers uh, talking about the show. They revealed that they will not be doing a Christmas special this year. So if you were looking forward to that, you just have to go back and rewatch the last one. I got to say, Liz, that was a lot of buildup for a no answer on that. I thought you were getting ready to break some news about there being a BoJack Christmas special, and now I'm, I'm a little disappointed. Do you, want, do, you want me to, do you want me to turn that frown upside down? Can, can you? I can. Do it. Character actress Margot Martindale is going to be in season three. Mm, 
All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that makes me happy. Yes. It, so th- th- thank you for that. Thank you, gentle listener, for allowing us that j- a bit of a BoJack digression. Oh, hey, if they're upset about BoJack digression, then they're listening to the wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Uh, but Liz, keep us going. What's next on your list for the for the rest of this year? Uh, next to my list is the. I'm technically combining two things, but I'm going to focus on one. Uh, sci-fi, or you know, the network form, formerly known as the Sci-Fi Channel, is launching two big two big things in December. Just like uh, I believe the second week of December, uh, two major major sci-fi properties. One of which is a miniseries called Childhood's End. If you're a any sort of big sci-fi fan, Childhood, Childhood, Childhood's End is a title you're familiar with. It's a classic sci-fi novel uh, that I believe, is, I believe is written by Arthur C. Clarke. I should have double-checked that, but I'm pretty sure it's double, Arthur, C., Arthur C. Clarke. And it's actually something that's been... People have tried to figure out how to adapt this for film or television for you know, decades. I think Stanley Kubrick took a shot at it once, in fact, and, didn't, and, and ended up making 2001 instead. But... Somehow, sci-fi sci-fi feels like it's got it's got all the right elements for it. This time, they're doing a six-hour miniseries. It's essentially the story of aliens coming to Earth and how that changes our lives and how that essentially changes humanity for the rest of time. And I got a chance to talk to some of the stars and the and the and the writer behind it at TCA's, and it's going to be a downer. Let's just be clear about this. It is a downer premise, is a downer, downer, a downer of a, a downer of a story, and it's. I mean, there's inspira- there's inspiration and positivity to it, but it's gonna get dark. But it could be really, really great. I'm really excited to check it out, especially because it's part of Sci-Fi's new commitment to doing harder Sci-Fi. The Expanse, which I've already talked about in this podcast at least once, is another potentially ongoing series in that initiative and in general anyone who's excited about sci-fi should be getting excited for december man that's such a that's such a tough order though because you're getting ready for the holidays you're just watching the bill murray christmas special on netflix maybe you're revisiting the bojack horseman christmas special maybe you just watch die hard to like really get amped up for the holidays and then you got to watch this really weighty great possibly Sci-fi series that's going to bring you down. I, that's that's tough. I'm, I got I got to imagine that television is my my respite from from doom and gloom in December because you know I'm not going to get that from the movies. So I oof. I don't know, Liz. Is it is it is it going to be that good? Is it going to be worth it? I mean, I think it's going to be. I think it, I hope it's going to be that good. I think there's. Certainly, Cole Meany is in Childhood's End. Everyone loves Cole Meany. He's great. Uh, yeah, everybody did watch uh, Hell on Wheels, so. That's not a great example. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if it makes you feel better, Ben, the lunches are happening the week of uh, the 14th, I believe, which means there's at least another, an, a whole week of padding in between between the Childhood's End and Christmas. So you've got plenty of time to rewatch Bill Murray in between before then. Or after. We're talking. You're talking to someone who likes to keep his Christmas buzz going from about July through June, so like pretty much year round. Uh, in case that wasn't clear, but yeah, I uh, I'll consider it. I'll I'll see if I can if I can ride my my positivity train all the way to Sci-Fi Junction, and then see if I'll get off for the show. Or you could wait for it after Christmas in like those dark days when you know there's in, in like the week between Christmas and New Year's when everything kind of feels like 
pointless and gray. I don't know. I don't know if I can do it then. That's when I'm clinging on to the Christmas spirit. And <laughs> oh, if anything man. pushes me off of it, then I don't know. I'm just lost. This is sad. <laughs> no, it's, it's happy. It's November. We're getting, it's Christmas season. Everything's good. Yeah. Okay. So what's next for you? Well, to bring things back up a little bit, um, I am kind of cheating on this entry, uh, but I'm very excited for the new uh, Ava Longoria NBC sitcom telenovela. Now, is it a uh, proper full-on sitcom? Just clarify that for me right now. I cannot. Okay. <laughs> I cannot clarify. I know that it is a 30-minute comedy. They're going to debut back-to-back episodes on December 7th as kind of a sneak preview event before their official launch on January 4th. Um, but the premise, the basic premise of it, I get it bare bones, that Eva Longoria stars as the star of a Spanish-language telenovela who doesn't speak Spanish is plenty for me to buy into the show. Just like, uh, just like the main guy in Narcos. Oh my god! Yes, exactly. I'm sure that's the that's the comparison and crossover that they're going for with the show. It's like, oh, did you like Narcos? Well, then you should probably come watch Telenovela. Yes, yeah, um, exact same, exact same uh, demographic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in terms of like crime drama versus what sounds like a really fun postmodern uh, comedy. Yeah, I haven't gotten any like real good looks at this yet, um, so I can't really speak to the tone of it or exactly what they're going for, um, but. I mean, really, that, that's all I need to know. I think Longoria is a very talented actress. She's also somebody who chooses her projects fairly carefully. Um, she's been getting into producing a lot. Um, she's, she's, she's a smart lady, and I really like kind of watching what she does on screen as well as knowing that she's thinking about it a lot off screen. Like she's, she's somebody that you just kind of want to buy into whatever project they're going to pick up on. So, um, so I'm trusting her with that, and I'm very excited to, to check this out come December. I mean, you've met her, Ben, because you, you moderated I, that panel I discussion. I did. I did moderate a panel discussion. It went swimmingly. <laughs> it was without a hiccup either. I was so no. professional, and I didn't make any mistakes, and she did not have to call me out for, for calling on the wrong people at all. So it was, it and, was good. Yeah, because, you know, you didn't do anything like forget to call on any women in the audience. You, only, you, you made sure to call on both women and men. I definitely didn't call on three men in a row because the only woman raising her hand I had met on previous occasions and she was not a good question asker. Let's just put it like that. Instead of saying something like crazy or, or bonkers, um, that didn't happen. Everything was great. So me and, me and Eva remain bestest of friends. Very, very best friends. Great. Yep. So, and you're looking forward to her new show. It's worth noting. <laughs> yes. It's worth noting two other things that uh, NBC has on the on the, on the cusp right now. They're doing the same sort of strategy in terms of release with a show called Superstore, which is uh, you know stars America Ferrara and Ben Feldman and is takes place in a large warehouse store kind of a workplace comedy type deal. It sounds like fun. They're going to NBC pre- will not give up on Ben Feldman. They won't. I mean, Which is fine by me. He's great. He is great. Now that I recognize what he looks like without a giant 70s haircut and mustache, uh, I'm, I'm on board the train. Oh, you mean like you, you recognize him now that he's not crazy and handing Peggy a box with his nipple in it? Is that what you're talking about? Wow. Not, that wasn't a spoiler at all for Mad Men Season 7. <laughs> well, come on, people. If you haven't heard about Nipplegate yet, then 
right. Just go back to the spoilers episode. Let's re-record. I take it all back. Oh, sorry, Ben. Uh, no, it's uh, yeah, but so we've got that one, and we've also got uh, we've also got we've also got uh, the Wiz Live, which is a thing we will watch. The Wiz Live, uh, the first week of December on NBC. Let's uh, not commit to we, Liz. One of us will watch it. I don't know if we will watch it. I'll watch it. I look, I'm looking forward to it. So they, they, I feel like they've, they've assembled a really interesting cast, tons of exciting actors, uh, and that's a good musical. And they're not... And mm. I, think, I think the key thing here is that they did not stunt cast Dorothy. Like, they could have easily found somebody, a, a really big name to play Dorothy in this production. Same way they found with Carrie Underwood in Sound of Music. Same way they found with Allison... Allison Williams in uh, Peter Pan Live. No, they went with someone who might actually really be able to nail this role. And I think that's a great sign. I think it's a, a fine decision and totally worthy of being excited about. Thanks, Ben. Other, other people. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Liz. What's the last thing you got in your list for us? Um, we don't have an official air date on this, or a premiere date, if you will, because air is a relative term in this with this show. Uh, but Mo- we, we are promised that Mozart in the Jungle Season 2 will premiere on Amazon Prime before the end of the year. Um, I, have the, I have the banked interview with Gail Garcia Bernal to prove it. So this, this is a show that we kind of felt, fell in between the cracks. Literally, it fell in the cracks between 2015, 2014 and 2015 last year. We didn't do a ton of coverage on it. But it actually, you know, in re- I revisited it this a couple weeks ago for said interview preparation. And I really found myself enjoying it. It's such a sweet show in so many respects. And it loves music. It loves the classical music it's celebrating. And that's something that continues through season two. And I think it's going to be, it's definitely, if you, if you enjoyed the first season, you're going to enjoy it. If you didn't see the first season, check it out now, because I think it's got, it, it, especially even if you're not a classical music enthusiast, like it teaches you to appreciate it on their, on the level of someone who does, and it doesn't take itself too seriously about it either. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a really strong quality of the show. And I think what's interesting about it too is I guess the fact that, that I'm, I'm always frustrated by the idea I will never know the numbers behind these shows, so I never know how many people are watching, and I'm forced to sit here and guess kind of the buzz around it, and I know that there's Mozart fans out there. I know that it got some like really good reviews when it first came out for season one, um, and I know there's a lot of support behind it, but at the same time, I don't get a lot of buzz from it online. Um, it did come out at the end of the year last year, so maybe it was too late for some of those top ten lists, and, and you know, like maybe a little bit too late to, to kind of... For everybody it, to catch on to it. It was December twenty um, second, I believe. Yeah, it was right. I mean, it was right on the holiday. Yeah, um, I, I did not have to. I was Christmas shopping. Yeah. Yes. Which, as we've established, takes priority over everything. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's one of those that's kind of slipping beneath between the cracks a little bit. Um, but you know, they've Amazon is, has actually got a good, a very good roster of shows between Mozart in the Jungle, Transparent, and especially Red Oaks that just premiered, which I also feel is not getting the proper attention that it deserves. Uh, They've got, they're building a very strong roster of original programming over there, which is very exciting to get to, and I I hope people do, and I I too will be getting to Mozart in the Jungle, and I'm excited to, to see more of it. If it, if it means anything to you, I, I, this is, this is hardly any sort of scientific metric, but I, I do take, uh, I do find value in the fact that, 
uh, with with Mozart in the Jungle, we ran two big interviews with it uh, with, with to go along with the premiere. One of the interviews was with Jason Schwartzman and Roman Coppola. I believe it's Roman Coppola, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know who are known names. We've already brought up one of them today, uh, and uh, you know, n- nice fellows. Uh, so they're the star power behind the creative end of the show. But I did an interview separately with uh, one of the exact with essentially the showrunner, and that ran as well. And you know, the guy's name is John Strauss. He's you know a lovely gentleman. We had a great conversation about about making the show, and. The thing that I, I think more people read the John Strauss interview, which we published a couple of days after the show premiered, than actually read the Roman Coppola Jason Schwartzman interview. And that's nothing to do with the quality. The Jason Schwartzman Roman Coppola interview was very interesting. Uh, our, our deputy editor, Eric Cohn, had gone to visit the set and everything. But the fact is, people, I think people were excited after the show premiered about learning more about it. Yeah, and it, I think it's definitely one of those shows, too, that will benefit from having eyes on it. I mean, some shows, like you mentioned, I mean, those names definitely help. Uh, Gail Garcia Bernal, obviously, is a, is a big name, too, especially in, in the indie community. Um, but, you know, like, I, I feel like there's very specific shows that once you actually watch them and kind of understand what it is, especially with Mozart in the Jungle, it's hard to, you know, parse that that pitch down to, you know, 10 words or 20 words or, you know, just an elevator pitch. Um, so yeah, I, I think that there's, I, I would, again, going back to the numbers, which I'm just constantly craving, I would love to see kind of, you know, how many people have watched it up to this far, how many people watched it when it first premiered, and then what kind of numbers it gets for season two, like how many people are excited to come back and, and, you know, the, the uptick or downtick, you know, if there is one, um, in, in ratings. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a basic, that's not everything that's premiering for the rest of the year. We still got a few more things. Uh, oh, yeah. Probably. I mean, Liz, you're technical, probably your technical number one, right? Which comes out Friday. Yeah, but which actually, I'm going to use the segue to best thing next thing. Oh, there we go. But I watched five episodes of Jess- Marvel's Jessica Jones last week, and it was the best thing I watched. <laughs> And that's all Liz is ever going to say about it. She's just going to say that it's the best thing she watched this week. She's not going to provide any context on whether or not it's like actually good or if it was just the only thing she watched or she just watched trash other than that. Uh, so sorry, everybody. That's it. No, I mean, I, I, Marvel, Marvel, according to my Marvel NDA, I'm allowed to talk about anything that's non-spoiler related. But yeah, five episodes and it's, it's just, it's cooking. It's, there's, I'm, 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 it's one of those things where there are things I'm, waiting on to decide about until after I feel like I've seen the full first season. But there are a lot of elements of the show that could have been extremely unpleasant or non, non executed well. And so far I'm very happy. And if you've known me at all, if you've listened to this podcast at all, you know, I've been looking forward to this one for a very long time. So the fact that it's meeting my expectations is really great. Yeah. You're a very good, uh, you're a very good standard to have to live up to for the show. I mean, not only do you have the critical edge behind you in the background and kind of that analytical side, but you know you're a big fan of it, and you had high expectations, and you knew the pratfalls or the the pitfalls of of what could have happened. Yeah. So, so yeah, to hear that it's that good as somebody who is pretty out of the loop regarding this character and has just you know seen the trailers and kind of read the background a little bit and is very excited to see it. I'm much more after speaking to you about it. So yeah, I mean the thing about it is yeah, like as Ben alluded. Uh, 
I, I, I've read, I've read, I own all four of the trade paperbacks that this is based on. I love all four. I actually had to replace one recently because it'd fallen apart because I'd re I'd read it so many times over the last 10, so, 10 or so years. And yeah, it's a great, it's a, it's a really great series and it's really great to see it get this kind of, this level of adaptation, especially in comparison to another series uh, by the same creator named, uh, called Power. And Power, I need to really sit down with and investigate properly, but it didn't, it hasn't impressed me the way that this has. And I think that this show is coming out at a very good time. Oh, to... Powers. I'm sorry. Powers is the show. Power is the star show. I, yeah. That's yep. a stupid mistake that I don't want to, I, I need to correct. <laughs> well, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully no one, no one thought of that in their mind, but, um, but no, this this the thing I like about Jessica Jones right now is that I don't. I was worried when they first announced these kind of things that everything after Daredevil would get overshadowed, and I feel like this character in the show is so strong with both the actors in it and the trailers that have been released and the general marketing behind it, as well as you know what seems to be good reviews coming out early on, that it's not getting overlooked at all, and I think it's going to get a lot of attention. I think it can absolutely you know live up to that that Daredevil standard where we know Daredevil was a very highly rated show on Netflix. Like we don't know the exact numbers, but we got those reports saying that a lot of people have watched it. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think Jessica Jones is about to do very, very well. And I think the thing I will mention to you, Ben, is that one of the things you're really going to like about it is that it, it, I think this may change in later episodes, but it's very much its own independent series. Oh, perfect. Love it. Yes. Uh, you, you will not feel dumb for not having seen enough Daredevil. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll let that one slide. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I'm i going to merge now into my best thing because it also has something to do with something that Liz loves very, very dearly. Um, it's related to a project that she assigned me. I don't even want to say how long ago. Oh my God, no, you did ago. it? The best thing I've watched this week is one episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh my god, you did it! Which Yay! is my first episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So yeah, it's good. I like it. You watch so you so you watch the basically the assignment went for Ben uh, as oh god, this might have been a year ago that we f first came up with this idea. But the project is I assigned Ben five episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer to watch. Ben what is going to watch them and give his thoughts. And, and it was a carefully chosen five episodes, not just the first five. It was like, we're going to see if somebody who is inexperienced or unknowing of, of a popular show, you know, if, if this is a good way to kind of get them hooked, like choosing the episodes uh, independent of just their natural order. So, yes, if Ben, if the, the first episode on Ben's list was the first season episode, Angel. Uh, which, if you know, if you know Buffy at all, is a is a pivotal episode of that season. I believe the next one on your list is the season two episode "Lie to Me," uh, yeah. which I am I which will continue will continue to be interesting to hear your thoughts. So this is this is ex extraordinary news. I'm very glad to hear this. Yeah, look for the uh, look for the write up. Hopefully next week. I think I can get through these this weekend. And oh, then, fantastic! Yeah, uh, get the get the response back, and we'll have something out for everybody. So you'll find out how big my Buffy fandom is, and also if you should be trying something similar for you know whatever friend and whatever show uh, you've been you've been trying to get them to watch. Hilariously, Ben, my part of this article, which is I have I've I've written out like explanations as to why episodes were picked for you. Um, strategically, I've, I've, that's been written for about 
eight months or so. <laughs> Sorry, I was really busy watching important shows like True Detective. And, and no, you were taking you Detective. look. I didn't have to watch True Detective season two, and so I will wait another eight months for Buffy if that's what it takes. <laughs> Uh, all right, Liz. But what's the what's the next thing you're looking forward to, other than other than my Buffy report? Oh, I'm looking forward to the leftovers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you are. Oh my god, leftovers. Okay, if you watched last night's leftovers, we're, we're not going to say anything because honestly, last night's leftovers was so huge that to say a single word about it if you didn't watch it uh, will be a problem. So I'm just saying. I am still looking forward to the rest of the season, The Leftovers. They've got three episodes left. Let's see what they do with them. I'm in what? full recovery mode. It's been four days and I'm still... Is this how everyone feels when they watch The Leftovers? <laughs> I think this is a special case. I think this was an episode that pushed... That, that took it to a new, a new height. Yeah, I don't... I... I, I'm always really invigorated, uh, obviously, as you all can hear in my voice whenever I start talking about The Leftovers. This was the first time, uh, well, this was the first, the first time I cried. So. Aww. Oh, my! you cried? I did. Oh, I did. no. Yeah, I I'm gotcha. sorry, Ben. It's okay. It's, it's, well, it's great television, and that's what matters. It is. Uh, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? I'm looking forward to Creed, Liz. <laughs> the film Creed. Cheating. I know I I I would feel bad, but I've written twice now about Sylvester Stallone this week in anticipation of Creed. Basically, you've, uh, you've earned that, this. You've earned this op. You've earned this moment. Oh, I I just you guys, this is how it's supposed to be done. I am very excited. I don't like spinoffs. I don't like universe building, and I don't feel like that's what this is. This was Ryan Coogler coming off of Fruitvale Station, which is a terrific film being asked what he wanted to do next. He said he wanted to make a spinoff to Rocky starring uh, Apollo Creed's son, and that's exactly what he did. He pitched it to Stallone, got Stallone's approval, Stallone got involved. I love this story. I love this director. I love Michael B. Jordan, the actor. It's everything that I love coming together because obviously I love Sylvester Stallone. So I am very, 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 very excited for Creed. I'm sorry it's not on TV um, to make it TV-related, go to IndieWire.com right now. Hopefully our ads are still up for the director's chair with uh, Robert Rodriguez and watch the episode where he interviews Sylvester Stallone about the art of directing. And you will learn quite a bit not only about Sylvester Stallone but the art itself and uh, hopefully get a little bit of background on one of the best film franchises of all time, Rocky. So, uh, so yeah, there's a little bit of TV. And then for Thanksgiving, make sure everybody goes out and sees Creed. Yeah, well, that's, uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, if only because, uh, you know, you, you would become a one-man hype machine for this movie. And so I know if I don't go see it, I'm going to be in trouble. Well, if we know anything, Liz, it's that when I get behind something, everyone watches it. That's why The Leftovers is so highly rated and has all of these accolades and awards. So obviously Creed is going to be a Best Picture winner and gross $400 million domestically. Yeah, I mean, I expect nothing less. Yeah, me neither. All right. Well, I'm sure Ben will figure out yet another way to write about Creed on IndieWire.com, where you can also go to find non-Creed-related material, such as reviews, interviews, features, uh, lists, all sorts of wonderful random things that we craft for you, gentle listener-slash-reader, uh, for, for hours at every day, but because we love doing so. 
I don't know why you'd want anything that wasn't Creed related, so I think you should probably make sure you listen to our other podcast this week, where I'm sure that on Screen Talk with Ann Thompson and Eric Cohn, those wonderful film and awards experts will be talking about this landmark institution of a movie. And then you should also listen to IndieWire Influencers with our editor-in-chief, Dana Harris, because what is more influential than literally anyone who has to do with the making of the most important film uh, since the last Rocky film. So make sure you check those out as well. Yes, and you can find Ben on Twitter, probably talking about Creed, at Ben T. Travers. And you can find Liz on Twitter, probably making fun of me about Creed, uh, at Lizlet with an I and an E on the Twitters. Yes, for the record, we're not talking about the band. Yeah, I'm... (laughs) Done with that joke. Nobody's nobody's talking about the band anymore, guys. Come on. All right. We'll be back next week uh, talking yet more about television. And in the meantime, keep watching it. Mm-hmm.